we have a sure and steadfast hope because our anchor is Jesus Christ. We are anchored in him. And his character and nature is, is true. He never will fail, fail us. He never will leave us alone. He's always with us. We can trust him. Our topic today and our question today is, what else did God create? We talked about last, last week how and what did God create? Why did he create us? He created us in the image of God to uh, broadcast his character and his nature. We know that sin entered into the world and that was totally destroyed. The image of God was tainted. The image of God was stained. We see that in, in the world today. But what else did God create? Everything. Our little galaxy, just listen to this for a little bit and try to, try to grasp this concept in your finite and my finite mind, okay? Here we go. Our little galaxy has 100,000 million stars. What? Okay. 100,000 million more galaxies are out there, each with 100,000 million stars. Our galaxy and each of those galaxies is 100 light years across the galaxy. And there are 3 million light years between each of those galaxies. Does this blow your mind? Our little galaxy has 100,000 million stars. 100,000 million more galaxies are out there with 100,000 million stars. Our galaxy and each of those galaxies is 100 light years across. And there are 3 million light years between each of those 100,000 million galaxies. Let's stop thinking about that because we'll have like a disconnect, okay? Wow, can you imagine the greatness and the glory of our God? He created us that we would participate in everything that he created. He created it for us to enjoy, but not just to enjoy, but to glorify him with. When we were created, our enjoyment was to live our lives completely sold out to the glory of God. Who knows what God had in store for us? If we did not sin, would we have just traveled all over the galaxy and been involved in all kinds of stuff? We don't know. But we know that sin came into the world. Sin broke that fellowship. Sin separated us from God. Sin separated us from the goodness of God in a sense that we would hide from him. We didn't want anything to do with him. The Bible says that there's none righteous, no, not one. There's no one that is good. Isn't that something? But yet, in our culture, we see a lot of good things happening. Isn't it true? But those that don't know Christ do good things, and they allow the glory and the honor to come to themselves for their goodness, right? Oprah is a wonderful, wonderful person that does awesome and great things. She does not give God glory. She does not cast glory upon the character and nature of God, but all the glory goes to her. I'm the same way. I want glory in my flesh, my self-centeredness and my selfishness. I want all the glory for myself. We see in the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve hid from God. 
hid from the very goodness of God, hid from the glory of God, hid from the greatness of God, hid from the grace of God, and they chose self-governance or self-rule. Jesus said, I'm going to win back and create a new thing in the heart of those that are bound in sin and free them to live a life to give glory to God. Isn't that, you know, isn't that awesome? John 1.1 1, 1. Let's read those verses. John chapter 1, 1 through 3. And this heater, this new heater works really good, doesn't it? Praise God for that. John chapter 1, 1 through 3. That's Jonah. Jonah's cool. But we'll, yeah, we'll go to John. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15 and 16. Colossians chapter 1, 15 and 16. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him. We see the goodness of God displayed in the character of Christ. To win us back, Jesus Christ came to earth to show his goodness. See, when God created the world, didn't he say this? It says in the word of God in Genesis 1 that God spoke it and it happened. God spoke it and it happened. God spoke it and it happened. After every day, God said that it was good. On the sixth day, when he made man, the Bible says that God said it was very good. Let's read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and then we'll read Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now verse 31, the end of the chapter. God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. We see kind of like a rising crescendo after each day of creation until this beautiful climax in which God says that this whole thing that I have created with man at the helm, the crowning, crowning, crowning glory of who I am, Man, to image the very nature and character of God, is very, very good. Isn't that awesome? We have uh, in our culture a desire to not view God as creator. And it has created all kinds of problems. Isn't it true? Problems with our, our view of sexuality. Problems with our view of identity. Problems with our view of how valuable and of worth that we are. Without viewing God as creator, we miss out on the wonder of God's goodness and his grace and his glory and his greatness. We have uh, an unbelievable situation of folks that are, are bound by a fixed false delusion of wanting to be something that they are not wanting to be something other than what God created them. We pray for folks 
to be set free from this fixed false delusion of transgenderism. Are we against transgender people? No. We accept them. We will love on them. We will continue to have a loving relationship. I have a friend that is a transgender individual. I have a friend who is a homosexual. I don't judge them. I don't accuse them. I don't look at them with uh, an analysis of merit of whether I should love them or not. I love them. But we speak the truth in love. Amen? There's a work of the enemy that wants to destroy the, the goodness of God through straying away from God as our creator. Here's the thing. If I want to identify as an amputee and I desire to cut my leg off, I'll be sent to counseling. I'll be sent to have medication. I'll be looked upon and frowned upon as poor, poor me. But someone that wants to cut off their genitalia, we celebrate. We honor. We lift up in our culture. Someone that says that when a baby is born and put on a table, we will make them comfortable and then kill them. We need to get back to our creator God and understand the value of life, the worth of life. Amen? The sanctity of life, the sanctity of our created self, the sanctity of sexuality. God is good. All the time, God is good. What the enemy wants to do to us is destroy this aspect of the goodness of God in our hearts and in our lives. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living and new hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go there. And I believe we'll read from verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. There is a judgment coming. There is the wrath of God that will be revealed upon this world because of sin. Do we understand the concept of the horror of sin? If you want to know the horror and the wrath and the anger of sin, we look to Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? The innocent Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. If you want to see the horror of sin, you look to Jesus Christ. Died naked, humiliated and embarrassed, tortured. Brutalized, wounded for our transgressions. The chastisement or the penalty or punishment of our peace was upon him. That we might have a relationship back with God and understand our value. Understand our identity. Understand who we are in this life. Amen? That we are God's and he is ours. And we are our image, the very character and nature of God. We'll continue reading. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, it compels us, both because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him for their sake died and was raised again. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, come back to God. Amen? Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God reconciled us back to him and gave us this understanding and this knowledge that there is nothing in this life that will give us fulfillment and satisfaction in this world other than Jesus Christ. You buy a new car, and you want another one. I'm going to the car show today, and I will be coveting there in the afternoon. (laughs) Looking at all the new cars. I got a 2015, but here is a brand new 2019 vehicle. Lord, I can see myself in this vehicle, driving it for your glory and honor. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. We latch on to stuff, don't we? Created stuff. Trying to find his happiness, trying to find his fulfillment. We latch on to people. Trying to find life, trying to find fulfillment, trying to find something that will take away the hollowness and shallowness of our life. And everything disappoints us because we are living in sin and shame and condemnation. The sin factor has to be taken care of in your life. You must be born again. And when you're born again, God becomes alive to you and you're reconciled back to God. And for the first time, you understand there is nothing in this world that will satisfy other than Jesus Christ and him crucified, buried, risen, seated at the right hand of God, interceding for you so that you will live and not die. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never, ever die. Our family has faced a lot of death lately. We understand that in the twinkling of an eye, we shall see him. Amen? This life, the Bible says, we are strangers and pilgrims passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're migrating. We're on a, we're on a run. We're passing through. And we understand our satisfaction and our joy is in Christ and Christ alone. This means that everything that he has created, we are able to give back to God so that God can give it back to us so we can use it for his glory. Amen? If there's something in your life that you're holding on to, that you're latching on to like my precious, no one will get this. This is my precious. I will kill you if you come after this. We find meaning and value to life based on things, based on stuff. It's not ours, it's God. He created everything for his glory, for his power, for his dominion, and for his authority. And as followers of Christ entered into the family of God, the body of Christ, this is our desire that everything we have belongs to him. Our money, our kids, 
our spouses, our homes, our, our everything belongs to him. And if he asks you for something, it's not that you're giving up. But you're allowing him to use you for his glory and for his honor. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. See, the world says you got to hold on, man. You got you to gotta grip everything tightly. Otherwise, you'll lose everything. And God says, if you really want to have life, you really want to have joy, you got to lose your life and you'll find it. How do you lose your life? You tell God, the creator, God, you created everything for your glory and honor. I have stuff that I'm, I'm stewarding for this cause, and I give it back to you now. I will no longer be bound by cars, by materialism, by hedonism, by all the other isms that come into our life that keep us from focusing on Jesus Christ as Lord and King. What a freeing aspect. Amen? We're into self-improvement. Amen? Someone came up to me yesterday and said, they're doing a cleansing diet. You want to join me? And my first instinct was, no. You can cleanse all you want, man. Okay? <laughs> you, I'm with you. Bless you. I encourage you. Stay away from me. Amen? <laughs> Give me my sausage and peppers. Okay? Give me bread. Give me food, God. But he did convict me after a while because of this thing that is not right. Okay? It's just not right. Our bodies are to be lived for the glory of God. The Bible says that we are temple, temples of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I urge you by the mercies of God that you present your body. Right? Romans chapter 12. As a sacrifice, it's a reasonable service. It's your reasonable worship to present your body to God. And however God wants to use your body, you're saying, God, I'm willing, able, and ready. So I had to, I had to take that, that cleansing thing and say, God, I need cleansing. See, for me, food is a, it's kind of like a little thing I go to. I get out my ice cream. When the kids aren't looking, <laughs> pour it in my bowl. And man, do I have a big bowl of ice cream. And then Steph says, what are you doing? You have an ice cream? You didn't even invite us? No. Okay? I didn't invite you. This is my ice cream. We do that, though, don't we? We go to food. We go to stuff. We go to things. We go to relationships that deprioritize the glory, the greatness, the grace, and the goodness of God in our lives. And we lose out. On the revelation of who Jesus Christ is in his goodness. And how that he wants to use everything for his glory and for his honor. Even the circumstance that you're in today. Even the situation that you're in today. Even the death of a loved one. The funeral at uh, my, my mother's funeral 18 years ago. The entire next door neighbor. Two kids. Two a, a, a husband and a wife and three kids gave their hearts to the Lord through the death of my mom. My mom was still kicking and fighting as she was going up to glory. Amen? Taking as many as she can for the glory of God. 
see, God wants to use everything. But when we have a mindset that God created everything, and it's not ours, but it's God's, we can give it back to God, lay it on the altar of sacrifice slain, just like Abraham, take that knife and say, I'm willing, God, I'm willing to slay this thing. God will give it back to you, and you can use it for his glory and for his honor. Amen? We're into self-improvement and self-help, self-motivational stuff, the Tony Robbins stuff, all the stuff that is helpful in some areas. But these words are buzzwords that tell you that you can become a better you. You ever hear those, like, infomercials about, like, tapes that you can get, and the, the guys are so powerful you're like i love this guy and i want to give this guy a hug right now he can save me he can help me it's true that no one is perfect and that we all have room to improve amen Amen. we're not saying that but it's also true that we can do things or adopt disciplines that will help us grow and get better at things but the bigger truth is and we sometimes forget this is that our brokenness goes much deeper than bad habits we cannot do a makeover to change our heart. Our heart needs a new heart and a new mind. We want to believe that we can fix ourselves, but we always end up feeling disappointed or frustrated. Here's a quote from Tim Keller. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Do you feel his love today? Do you feel his acceptance today? Do you feel his concern for your heart and for your life? Not to repair you, not to fix you, but to make you brand spanking new. Amen? And walk in the newness of the spirit every day. A new heart and a new mind. Fixing ourselves is not our goal. Uh, Revelation chapter 21. Let's look at verse. uh, Let's read it from the first Verse, and we'll go to verse 7, Revelation chapter 21. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Looky here, people. <laughs> yes. Are you looking at what I'm looking at here? Okay, good. All right. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. We sang about that this morning. Neither shall there be mourning, crying, or pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who has seated, is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son and my daughter. Let's read one more, see, what, see what's happening. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, 
Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. We read the first seven verses, and we were like, yeah, praise God. He's going to make everything new. And then when we read this verse, we're like, yeah, get them, God. Get those cowards. Get those faithless. Get those detestables. The detestables. Get the murderers and the sorcerers and all the liars. Get them. That's not God's heart, though. That is not God's heart. Turn to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. And we'll read this. Let's go to the NLT. Can we do that? The NLT. Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad. Hate that. Hate that. Right when you're feeling self-righteous and all up there and like, yeah, and God says, oh, yeah, boy, you're just like them. Oh, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself for you who judge others do these very same things. Ow, 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 ow. Usually what you see in other people and you judge, it's all happening in your heart because you can pick it out like that. This is what these verses are. Same judgment comes upon us, not because we judge, but because it's already happening in our heart. And when we see it in other people, we're like, yeah, get them, God, because I want them to get gotten and not me. We know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does these such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, And patient, God is with you. He said when he created us and created the world, it is very good. He was illustrating his character of goodness to a lost, to to a world. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and the honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace. Let's say that again together. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. When the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed, even though they never had God's written law. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged by that law when they fail to obey it. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. If you want to obey the law, if you want to obey God, you can't do it in your natural self. The natural flesh, the natural self is hostile to God. You've got to be born again. You'll be born again by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone as Lord and Savior. And all of a sudden, your heart turns from this world, from its sin, from its 
it's, it's attachment and you become alive to the things of God and the kingdom of God and you realize why you were created. You realize your value. You realize your identity. You realize your worth that God has called you to be an ambassador for his glory, his goodness, his greatness, and his grace. And you're like, bring it on. I'm ready. Amen. What else did God create? He created everything. He created everything so that we could live our lives for the glory and honor of God, using everything to broadcast the gospel and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever had somebody ask you, hey, how you doing? You say, I'm good. Various levels on that I'm good stuff, right? I think I'm going to start saying, hey, how you doing? I'm going to say, he's good. He's good. Amen? How you doing? I don't want to get into it right now, but he's good. <laughs> I'll get into it at a life group when I go and share my grace story. I'm not good. Neither are you. Here's the thing. But you are the righteousness of Christ in God. Your life is hidden with God in Christ. When he sees you, he sees the righteousness of God. And he says, you are accepted. Amen. You are accepted. So, how are you? Did you catch that? Lukey said he's pretty. Isn't that something? (laughs) Hey, how you doing? I'm pretty. (laughs) Praise God, man. Amen. God is good. All the time. Thrust of the message today. God has created everything. It's not yours. It's his. Everything. Give it to God. Allow him to use it for his glory and for his honor. Don't hold on to stuff. Let it go. And you'll see the glory and the honor and the peace of God in your life like you've never known it before. I'm pretty. And he's good. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your great grace and your goodness and your, your glory. We thank you, Lord, that you created everything. So that we can enjoy it, but enjoying it, we give glory and honor to you. That means every word that we say, every thought that we think, every affection that we have, every emotion that we show is to bring glory and honor to you, God. So in giving us everything to give you the glory, we give back our heart to you so that you can have everything. Where our heart is, there is our treasure. Where our treasure is, there is our heart. So, Lord, I pray that for each one here that they'll give their heart back to God in such a freeing way that every, every moment by moment of every day, they'll be driven by this wonderful aspect of allowing God to use everything that you've created and everything that you've given us for your glory and for your honor. So we give you the praise today in Jesus' name.